Now, note the first view of this woman's faith uh, way back in verse 28. Uh, she said it herself, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Yes, this woman was sure. She had no doubt whatsoever that if she had opportunity to touch the hem of his garment, that she would indeed be made whole from her plague and disease. I want you to know tonight that your faith may be the weakest faith in the world, that your faith, you may say, well, what does it really do? It links you up to the saving power of the Lord Jesus. And it is through that faith that you are made a Christian. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. Thank you for joining with us. And we come again to the message on the power of the Lord to heal and to save. We have also a hymn, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. And our opening hymn, it was down at the feet of Jesus when my sins were washed away. What a wonderful thing to be able to say, my sins are gone. They are pardoned. They are underneath the blood of the Lord Jesus, and I am free. And so we come to our Bible message today, and we trust the Lord will bless your heart. Romans 1 and verse 18, let me read to you. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, for some time, we've been emphasizing the gospel blessing of righteousness. But here we have the opposite. We have the negative, unrighteousness. That means the filthy, wicked, ungodly acts of men who go into denial to oppose God's holy standard of perfect righteousness. And that, of course, will bring the wrath of God. And the gospel is a revelation that is good news to the righteous. And it is also a, a revelation of awful news to those that are living in wickedness, because the wrath of God is revealed. And that means that God is angry every day with sinners. That was the term of Jonathan Edwards when he, uh, God used him in that awakening in uh, the 18th century. The wrath of God is revealed. And you need to know that there is wrath gone out from God against all sin. And then he says against all ungodliness, those who act against God-likeness, those who do the opposite to what God would like, and then the unrighteousness of men. Uh, that means the opposite to right ways. These are sinful ways, carnal ways, hellish ways, and who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, there's a very interesting little word study here on this word hold. It's like someone holding down a spring that wants to be released. And sinful, ungodly men are sitting on God's truth, and they're, they are pressing it down. They are holding it down, lest it come to them and they have to deal with it. And so in that way, wicked men really are going into denial. And they deny uh, that there is wrath against sinners. They deny that there is judgment going out from God. 
and they deny that there's a judgment day when all men will stand before the Lord. And so this is the reason why we need to be saved. And this is the wisdom of God and the power of God to turn men from their wretched, ungodly lifestyle and to bring them into peace with God through the Lord Jesus and all that he has done in providing a perfect righteousness. So apply this to your own heart today. Take it to heart that that if you are not a Christian, if you're not saved, if you have not asked the Lord to be your personal Savior, that there is wrath gone out from God, and you need to flee to the cross and plead the covering of Jesus' righteousness. And that's God's right way of justifying men and bringing them into fellowship with himself. I trust that today this short word in Romans 1.18 will bring you to repentance and to faith in the Lord Jesus. Stay tuned as we turn now to our hymns and to the message, The Power of the Lord to Save. It was He's the Savior that the suffering souls need because he's near, because he's willing to heal. And then we learn that he has virtue to heal. And that's the word that's used in these passages. The Lord said virtue had gone out of him. And you'll notice here that it is recognized power. It was recognized by the woman that she had been healed. She felt it in her body. And it was also recognized by the Lord when he said, Who touched me? Now, don't think that the Lord was just touchy, uh, that he was upset because somebody rubbed shoulders or brushed clothes with him. That wasn't his point of his question at all. He knew that out of his body there had gone such power, and he knew the woman, but he would identify her And so it was recognized power. Now, I looked up this word virtue, and I thought there must be some very special meaning to it, but it simply means power. Greek word is dunamis, power. And as this woman came and touched the clothes of the Lord Jesus, power went out from the Savior into the body of that woman. Now, there had been no pre-examination. There had been no prior diagnosis. There had been no even understanding. Well, come at a certain time, and uh, we will get this done. This was what you would say almost an intrusion on the Lord. And yet power went out of his body to heal this woman. I know, too, in the passage that it was instantaneous power. Uh, Mark uses One of his key words, verse 29, straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Straightway. That's how the Lord works. There was no process. 
There was no period of healing. There was instantaneous exercise of power to heal this woman from her malady. And you know, that's exactly how the Lord saves souls. Justification is an act of God by free grace. It's an act. You're not justified over a period of six weeks or during Lent. I suppose that's going to be coming up fairly soon. And some people think that if you do certain things for 40 days, that you're going to be a better Christian. But the Lord Jesus doesn't save over a period of time. Justification is instantaneous. One day you're going to hell, the next day you're going to heaven. One day you're a lost sinner, hopeless, and the next day you're going to glory on the narrow way that leads to eternal life. That's the instantaneous power of the Lord Jesus. If you look at verse 30, uh, Jesus says, it says, Jesus immediately knowing that virtue went out of him. That was the Lord's experience. The Lord felt it. I have no idea what that could have felt like. I could never experience that because I'm not Christ. I am human. Jesus was God and man in one person. He was the unique, uni-person, God and man. And all the power of God was in him. And out of the Lord went forth mighty power into the body of this woman. Now, it was power also harnessed with wisdom to heal. This is the great physician at work. Could you imagine how long it would take someone to go to school to learn all the craft of medicine, all the disciplines of medicine, biology, uh, to, to understand the uh, inner workings of the human body? What wisdom was exercised with this power. It met the exact need of this woman's body. It healed those organs that were not functioning properly. And immediately, the healing was performed. So it was accompanied with wisdom, but it was also power accompanied with mercy and compassion. Now, I pick up on that word compassion. If you go to verse 34, he said unto her, daughter, daughter. Now, that was a very meaningful word to a Jewish woman. That means you're in the family. That means you're in the nation of Israel, a daughter. And of course, for the Lord Jesus to say this, it meant that there was love and compassion. So do not think tonight that the Lord Jesus is the uncaring, quick-fix character who comes along just to touch you and get away. No, there is accompanied with this miracle all the love, all the compassion, and all the mercy of the Lord at work. Now, you'll notice the way to access this power. The woman said at the very first, if I may touch his clothes. And the Lord asked the question in public, who touched me? And so this power was accessed through the garment that the Lord Jesus was wearing. 
And it was the custom of uh, Jewish men to wear a particular gown that distinguished them as Jews. You can trace this to the days of Moses, the book of Numbers, where there was a certain gown that a man should wear, not just the priest, but all men should wear, and it was finished in a particular way. Now, Mark's a gospel doesn't refer to the hem of the garment, but Matthew and Luke do. And they put emphasis upon the finished uh, lining or hem of the garment. And this gives us a trail all the way to Calvary. Because with our Bible knowledge now, this, you, you can't learn this from this single passage. But if you have any Bible knowledge, you will know that that garment was a priestly garment, and it was a garment that gave to the Jewish man a link to the God of redemption. And the hem of the garment being finished, it certainly leads us a trail all the way to the cross. And it makes us to realize that this virtue, this power that went out of the Lord, that it is speaking to us tonight of the very power of the cross of Calvary. And if you want to access the power of the Lord, you go to the cross. You go to Calvary. You just don't join the church. You just don't get baptized. You could be wetter, but no better. Water baptism does not give you access to the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel ought to be in your heart before you even seek baptism. But the way to access the power of the Savior is at the cross of Calvary. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. And here we learn that the cross, that instrument of Jesus' death, uh, let's not just give it a sentimental idea here, that old rugged, rough Roman gibbet on which malefactors died and suffered. And it was on such a cross uh, that our Lord Jesus poured out his life's blood. And we're told here in 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. And so if we think of the virtue or the power that went out of Jesus into this woman's body, if you would have that power and access that power, you must come to the cross. Have you ever come to the cross? Have you ever taken the step to come as a sinner to the cross of Calvary to be redeemed, to be washed in the blood? If not, no wonder you have the malady of unbelief, powerlessness, emptiness, mere religion that's empty and unsatisfying. You will never hook up to all the supernatural power of the gospel until you come to the cross. Look on down at verse 22 in this passage. The Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. 
And we have noted both of those things working together as the Lord healed this woman. And virtue went out of him to meet the specific medical condition of this woman. And so we have a Savior with a powerful gospel. And we can go to suffering souls and say, there's a Savior that will save you. And one day he will make your body perfect. Now, we don't get into the healing ministries, and we don't say, well, we can touch people and raise them from their sickness and make them perfectly whole. If that was the case, nobody would ever die. If that was the case, there would be no mortality in the world, and we wouldn't be living in a fallen world. We'd be living in a perfect world. But one day, there's going to be a resurrection, and Jesus is the one that will make everyone perfectly whole when he changes our bodies into his glorious likeness. And Jesus is the mighty Savior that suffering men and women need. And he's the one you need tonight. If you're burdened, you feel the plague of sin, and it's like a whip that convicts you and smarts you, and you know that you need to be saved. There's power if you come the way of the cross. Then I also see in this woman that there was her acceptance of her faith. The Lord did not shun her. The Lord didn't drive her away. He didn't uh, leave this woman unnoticed nor unannounced. The press was strong, and they were pressing. They wanted their time and opportunity, and any number of people may have touched the Lord. But the woman would point out this woman and he would draw out from her that confession of her faith. In that verse 34, he said to her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Oh, the power of faith. Faith is the instrumental cause of a man or woman's salvation. It is the very link between your soul and the power of the Lord. And it is by faith that you are brought into salvation. Now, notice she, the Lord Jesus pronounced this very specifically. Thy faith, your own personal faith, has made you whole. It was her faith. And according to your faith, be it unto you, is the way the Lord works. Now, note the first view of this woman's faith uh, way back in verse 28. Uh, she said it herself, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Yes, this woman was sure. She had no doubt whatsoever that if she had opportunity to touch the hem of his garment, that she would indeed be made whole from her plague and disease. I want you to know tonight that your faith may be the weakest faith in the world, that your faith, you may say, well, what does it really do? It links you up to the saving power of the Lord Jesus. And it is through that faith that you are made a Christian, a child of God, that you are delivered from all the plague of sin and made ready for heaven. I'll give you some examples. I'll just rattle them off here tonight. When the Philippian jailer went to Paul and Silas and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. 
That was their theology. That was their gospel, the good news. You can be saved. What must I do? Believe. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by faith. And that is the way by which the Lord works in hearts. Romans 10.9, if thou dost confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so it is your faith that makes you whole and by which you are brought into peace with God. One other verse, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now, this whole matter of acceptance, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. This matter of acceptance is the biggest issue in worshiping God. Why did Cain slay his brother Abel? Why was there such a difference in those two brothers? Because Abel's offering was accepted. Cain's was rejected. And if you're sitting here tonight and you're questioning, have I been accepted by the Lord? Or have I been, am I under judgment? Am I under God's banishment order? You'll never worship God unless you are assured of being accepted. And you'll notice in the New Testament that when the apostles wrote their epistles to the Christians of the church in the various churches, they always emphasized this whole matter of being in Christ Jesus. Now, anyone reading that in the Greek language would understand that means you're joined to the Lord Jesus. You're on the inside, united to him, accepted in the beloved. And it's that acceptance that makes you a child of God, to have peace with God, and by which you can go and declare your right relationship with Him. Now, there's two ways by which we are made accepted. There's the legal acceptance. And of course, by the work of the cross, the blood that was shed, God's wrath is turned away. And when God sees us, he sees that blood upon us, and we are accepted legally. But then there's also the inner work of the Holy Spirit by which the, wit the Spirit witnesses to our spirits that we are the children of God. Sometimes it's called adoption, and we're translated out of one kingdom into another. And in adoption, of course, there's the legal part, but there's also the family part. And when you've been taken out of uh, an orphanage, brought into a family, no doubt the lawyer, he takes care of all the, the, the legal documents involved that you are truly the child of that family as an heir, a son, with all the privileges and all the rights of sonship in that family. That's the legal part. But the boy or girl who's been taken out of the orphanage into the new family, they need to know they're accepted. And that becomes that inner ministry of love, uh, what we call filial or famil family love. Do you have that tonight? Because if you don't sense 
and enjoy acceptance in the family of God, you're living like a stranger. You're living as one that's on the outside, looking in. There's no real sense. I'm the Lord's, and the Lord is mine. I've been healed from my plague of sin. I belong to him and have this peace in my heart. Paul said in Romans 5 that the Holy Ghost is shed abroad in our hearts. Shed abroad in our hearts. That love of God. And that's the ministry of the Spirit. And you need that. You need the blessedness of that, that you may live rejoicing, delighting yourself in the Lord. And you can sing that hymn we sang this morning, 618, Accepted Am I in the Beloved, in the Beloved. I pray tonight that you will enjoy that with all the fullness and all the blessedness of this woman who said to her, Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. 
This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdalefpc.ca, and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning, and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdalefpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdalefpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.